welcome to Best Laid Plans, the podcast where we discuss planning and planning techniques and all things adjacent. This is Sarah Hart Unger, your host, and I am very excited because today is another fantastic guest episode. I know I had said I was going to have guests about once a month, but I thought of a few guests that I was very excited about and didn't necessarily assume that I would be able to get them all. And they both said yes. So that's why we have guests fairly close together with Cal Newport just two weeks ago and Rachel Miller today. So I'm going to introduce her in a second. But first, I just want to say that I have been following her for a long time. She is a fantastic writer. I've also heard her speak on other podcasts such as Forever 35. So I'm super honored to have her as a guest on our show today. And she's going to talk all about how she uses a blank notebook to make her life better in many, many creative ways. I'm recording this after the fact, but I was also super excited to hear what she uses for her current planner. And no, I did not plant that or know that in advance. So you will just have to listen and find out. All right. I'm so excited to welcome to Best Laid Plans, Rachel Miller. Rachel, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. As you said, my name is Rachel Miller. I'm currently the deputy editor of Vice Life, and I've written two books, The Art of Showing Up, How to Be There for Yourself and Your People, and Dot Journaling, A Practical Guide, which came out a couple years ago. And you can imagine we're going to be talking all about dot journaling on this episode, as that is one of the things she is known for. And we haven't given that much of a discussion to this more freeform style of planning on the podcast yet. So I have to say that Rachel was highly recommended by a couple of readers and listeners of this podcast. So I'm extra excited to have her on. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got into dot journaling in the first place? Yeah. So several years ago, I think it was the end of 2015, I saw some discussion about bullet journaling. I think I first saw it on my friend Jess's blog, How Sweet Eats. And I was like, oh, I like journaling. Like, what is this? I'm going to try to figure out what this is. So I went to the website and I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I do not understand it. And I talked to a couple other friends and they were saying something similar. Like, I tried to figure it out. I couldn't. So I kind of made it my mission to figure it out, wrote about it for BuzzFeed. And then kind of after that, it just like exploded as a trend that this form of journaling, which the way that it sort of manifested on the internet, particularly on Instagram, was very, very different from the style of Ryder Carroll's bullet journal, which is very bare bones. It's very um, sort of sparse overall. And the way that it was sort of shifting was into this like really creative, expansive, bare bones if you want it to be, but not necessarily version of it, which is what I wrote my book about dot journaling. So builds on his system, but like is more about this sort of evolved form of it. Yeah, I totally see that. And I know that that system strikes an instant chord with some people and that other people have the same reaction you have like, wow, I just feel totally disoriented. And it there's a certain stark quality to his style. Whereas I think that you have been a little bit more kind of freeform and creative. So I'm excited for you to tell our listeners all about that. I read a great article by you about dot journaling as self-care. Can you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that and specifically maybe go into some of the layouts you've used for self-care because some of them were so creative and I got a lot of ideas just from reading that one post. So I think that for me in general, journaling can be a form of self-care in a couple different ways. So first of all, just like writing your thoughts down is obviously healthy and good and so many therapists and experts recommend it. There have been studies to talk about how good it is if you're going through a rough time. So it's just a really helpful form of like, not exactly therapy, but let's say it's therapeutic overall. So that's one form of it. Using your dot journal like a diary is a really great way to do that. The other thing that I love about dot journaling is it's not just that. It's also about you know recording just what you need to do in a given day. So it's about your to-do list and 
you know, it might be things like taking your antidepressants or your anxiety medication or taking a shower or brushing your teeth, these little tasks that can be really difficult to do if you're going through a tough time. But also, even if you're not going through a tough time, for me, it's so helpful to be organized and to have it all in one place. Like that is my self-care. It makes me feel more grounded, more capable of dealing with things. I think most of us know that when you're feeling overwhelmed, just making a to-do list can help so much. So it serves that purpose as well. And then if you want to get more creative with it, you know, one thing you can do is like rant boxes or like spreads where you just like let yourself be pissed for, a, you know, 20 minutes and just kind of freeform all the things that you're upset about. And that can be a really good way to get those thoughts like out of your head onto paper. And then you can kind of like release them and move on. And it's a big relief. So recognizing all the different ways you can use a notebook ultimately to you know, support yourself is a really great, I, I'm really grateful that I've like had that experience and that I can always go back to that. Yes. And I have found that during the pandemic, one of the first things I did was I like needed more space to write in. Like I needed more mm-hmm. free form. I needed to be able to, I love that rant boxes. I had not heard that one before, <laughs> but that's beautiful. Did you have any way that you shifted your planning practices or expanded them perhaps during these kind of more unpredictable times? I'm sad to say I've kind of gone in the opposite direction, which is that I've been writing things down a lot less. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, this is the year that I decided to use a different notebook and I'm not using like a blank notebook anymore. So ultimately there was a brief period where I was like, I'm going to switch back to my old style. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And then I was like, no, I think the pressure of having to sit down and create like a spread every day is like not what I need right now. So this is actually right. But it did sort of shift how I was thinking about it. And I don't journal as much as I did in the traditional sense. And I wrote a blog post about this, but I'm looking at all of these other ways of journaling this year and like collecting sort of receipts of things that have happened, whether that's literal receipts from grocery orders, or if it's all the photos on my camera roll, like I've tried to do a better job of just taking pictures of like how the apartment looks when it's full of you know, extra cans of beans and things like that, because you think you'll remember those things and you don't. So, and those are things I don't know if I would have necessarily captured if I was trying to write them down. So I'm trying to be a little bit more expansive in how I'm thinking of what counts as as journaling this year, while also just giving myself a break and kind of realizing like, that's one thing that's kind of gone this year for me while other people have like taken to it this year in a way they never have before. That's so interesting. So you're doing kind of different forms of memory keeping and maybe things that are even a little bit more tangible or Mm -hmm. visual. So that's fascinating. I definitely found myself that I pivoted from system to system more times than ever before in 2020. That makes total sense to me. (laughs) I want to hear a little bit more about the more structured option that you're currently using, although I want to go back to dot journaling as well. But um, you piqued my curiosity. So maybe you could go into that a little bit. Yeah, I have been using, I hope I'm going to pronounce this right, the Habanishi Teko, which is a Japanese planner that I had reviewed a few years ago and just loved. And I was like, I think if something gets me to change from dot journaling, it could be this one. And I didn't change it at the time. And then this year at the end of 2019, I was like, okay, I think this is the year I'm going to do it. Um, It just happened to then be a pandemic. So that was kind of unexpected. But I can show you right now. It's like, oh, oh, honey, you don't have to show me. (laughs) Because that is actually the planner that I used for the last five years. I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a whole deep dive episode. I actually I can talk to you about what I have switched to, which is similar, but it is pronounced Techo, just in case you ever have to. I have a Japanese friend, which clued me in. And it is an amazing planner. And I feel like there's so much in it that can be parent like you can do a lot of dot journaling type practices totally, you can. within the Hobonichi. So I'm yes, so excited that you are mm-hmm. using that because that is amazing. So ha- have you been drawing some of your own like interesting layouts or do you more just kind of keep to your to the schedule on the little timeline and then make a to do list next to it? 
So I, yeah, I don't use the schedule on the timeline a ton because I will always use Google Calendar for that just because of work. So like I do it, but not like as that to me is more of a way of remembering what I did versus reminding myself to do things. So I do that the upper left is where I put work tasks and then the upper right, like I kind of make a second column for like home or personal tasks, which is exactly how I did my dot journal. And then the bottom half of the page was always for like diary entries. And so that's like super easy to do in this. I just haven't been doing the diary entries nearly as much as I did before, but like it makes it so easy to just replicate that setup for me. I love that. And the beautiful thing about the Hobonichi is, yeah, you can use it as free form as you want. And you can do things like just shove a receipt in there or a candy wrapper. And exactly. that's kind of part of the memory keeping. Mm-hmm. You use the A5 or the A6. Are you in the cousin or the, the regular Hobonichi? I am in the cousin. No, yeah, cousin, the bigger one. Awesome. We bought the small one initially because I just misread the website and I went back and forth and then I was like, no, I think this is a little too small for me. I actually think it would have been fine because I haven't been using it as a diary this year. They're both so great. There's like no wrong answer if anyone's on the fence about it. It's just a great notebook. I love it. You guys, listeners, I did not plant her. This is like (laughs) (laughs) spontaneous because there has been much love outpoured for the Hobonichi products on this podcast. So that's really, really funny. Awesome. Well, actually, I'm interested because you mentioned Google Calendar. And obviously, this is something we all have to deal with the intersection between what we decide to put on paper, like, do we have a master schedule online, and then we kind of decide what's really happening and put it on paper? Or is it more like the other way around? There's a lot of different arguments. So I'm curious how, and particularly maybe back when you were doing more extensive dot journaling, Mm -hmm. how did your Google Calendar talk to your dot journal? Like, What was the intersection like? For me, the Google Calendar was always the first place and kind of the home base, again, because I needed to be able to use that for work. Like people needed to be able to see my calendar. And, you know, if I had time for a meeting, put that time on my calendar. So I couldn't get out of using that. And I also found that like, I take my notebook a lot of the places that I'm going, but like, let's say that I'm going to the dentist or something like that. And I need to make my next appointment. For me, it's just a safer bet that I'm going to have my phone with me than my notebook. Most of the time, I probably have my notebook. But like for me, the peace of mind of like, I don't have to take this notebook literally everywhere because I might have to spontaneously put something on my calendar was a big relief. So I find it just easy. I have like my work Google Calendar and then I have my personal Google Calendar. I can see both at a glance. And then usually what I do is I just in the morning when I'm like making my to-do list for the day, I just look at my calendar and put the things that I have to do on the Techo calendar so that it's like a record. If your to-do list is anything like mine, it often takes on a life of its own. I'm Eric Fisher, host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast, and each week I talk with productivity experts, authors, and creatives as they share their insights on how to live life beyond the to-do list. People like Phil Rosenthal of Everybody Loves Raymond and Somebody Feed Phil about creativity, family, food, and travel, productivity expert David Allen on getting things done, and Whole30 founder Melissa Urban on setting boundaries in your personal and professional life. Find a great new episode each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. 
That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code PLANS50 to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And kind of reminds me, but it's not really serving like a purpose for helping me stay organized too much. But that's interesting that it's still a ritual in your day. I find that very powerful when I sit down and I do kind of the same thing. Like I'll look at my work outlook and my patient schedule and be like, but then I put it into paper and that kind of integrates it. And I do that Mm -hmm. every morning. Is that your due in the morning? And do you have any like weekly or kind of longer term practices as well that you would call, I guess, planning rituals? Yeah, I did this in the morning. It used to be when I was using a regular notebook and dot journaling, I would do my diary entry and then I would like set up the next morning's spread and to-do list. So I would just like do the date and I would move things over that I wanted to do the next day that I didn't get done. So it was kind of like done that way. I just, because I'm not using this like a diary as much, it's, it doesn't really make sense to do it that way. If I do switch back, I probably will will go back to that move. But even if I did it the night before, I would still check it in the morning. Like to me, there's something like I can't get my day started until I've opened my notebook and looked at it. Just even if I already know what's on it, you just kind of have to do that. No, I totally get that. I don't know. And especially if you've kind of ritualized that, it feels kind of weird and wrong to start without it. It does. I couldn't find my pen a couple of days ago. Like I had just misplaced it in my apartment somewhere. And so I didn't like do any of this until like 11 when I finally found the pen. And it was such a weird feeling of like, something is wrong here. My notebook isn't on the table open next to me. I have to find it. And like, it was very strange. Yeah, that would be a disconcerting feeling. How am I going (laughs) to begin my day without my proper pen? It's got to be the right pen too. Absolutely. And I do want to ask you about pens and accessories, but that question about longer term, do you do anything to plan your weeks or month or? No, I used to. And again, this is just like one of those habits that's gone by the wayside this year with everything else going on. And I think it's because like in times like this, when there is sort of intense trauma happening or just like a crisis or anything like that, like the idea of planning really goes out the window. And that's been true for me in other difficult times in my life. And like, accepting that was actually a big part of getting through those times that I really had to like live in the moment. So it's kind of wild that I did start this planner habit more intentionally around the same time this stuff was happening when I was like, I simply can't plan ahead. But there was so for me, I think I've always been very like one day at a time. That's the most I can do. And I think that's also why the Google calendar makes more sense because like that's for my long term planning. That'll take care of it. But with my notebook, I want to have like permission to just focus on the really immediate. And so This year, I haven't done much of the weekly planning. There's a case to be made that it would probably be helpful if I did, but there's something about the way this year is going that I just haven't kind of been able to get there. I totally get it. This year makes me want to dive into as small of a time frame as possible. Mm -hmm. And even as someone who is obsessed with making goals, I find myself struggling to create my normal like monthly or quarterly, which used to be pretty effortless. 
kind of sucks. But I guess you're I love that you just bring that acceptance to it. Because a lot of people have actually asked me like, what do I do when I feel stuck? And maybe the answer is what you're saying, like, maybe it's okay. It's totally fine. And I think just for me, accepting that in a difficult time is such a relief. And it makes it all so much more manageable, because it's so easy to spin out over these like, what if questions that there are simply no answers to right now, and you just kind of get lost in them. And it can be really hard to get through the present. And so it's kind of like once you've taken care of the big stuff that you can kind of predict or that you want to lock into place, like at that point, kind of all there is to do is just get through it day by day. And and accepting that is, is so much more manageable and so, so much easier for me. Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna have to like replay that to myself <laughs> during these <laughs> hard times when it just feels like it's a lot. So in terms of some of the more unusual spreads, so as I mentioned, there you had at least one interesting blog post and you mentioned a couple of them, like taking your medication and like the rant boxes, but like what are some of the unusual ways that you were able to write down and capture things in your life that that somehow made you feel better during turbulent times? Well, I think just the method of writing, which is like, instead of writing in full sentences, just like doing quick notes with a dash was really helpful for me. So that's not particularly creative. But for me, that like is a huge relief, a huge mental block that is released. So that's something that I still do, like I return to again and again. I'm trying to think because I think on the whole, my journal was kind of at the intersection of the really bare bones look and then the really creative one. So you know, I think most of mine, even if it was like pretty, it was still ultimately just a list at the end of the day. Like it might have a nice header and have different colors or washi tape, but ultimately it would be like a list of things that I read or recipes that I made or, you know, just things that are really ultimately not that like creative or interesting, but they can feel really special if you're giving them that treatment, if you are treating them as interesting and special by simply using a different color pen when you write them. And the action of doing them provides that self-care while you're also able to use what you've made to kind of zoom out and see things a little bit more clearly. So I always Mm -hmm. think it's like a dual benefit there. I think you had at least one layout with like an interesting mood tracker. So I'll have to see if I can find that and include it. The habit tracker, I think is one of the like a really good use. And in part because you turn the journal sideways to do it, which is like not how most of us think of using a journal. So I've done that to track mostly habits versus moods, and you can track anything this way. But basically, the gist is the dates go across the top, the things you're tracking go along the left side. So it's a bit like a graph. And then you fill in the box for that corresponds for the two. So it would be like, you know, November 20th, and you might say like, how much water you drank in that line and how much sleep you got in that line. And then was your mood like good, bad, something else in that box. And I think just being able to pull back and see the pattern of how your mood changes in a month or so you can start to see like, oh, the days that I, the nights that I drank the next day, I was in a terrible mood and didn't sleep very well. Like to be able to see all those things in one place is really helpful. And I also think like we don't, we're not very good. I don't think at remembering how we were feeling or what we were doing. So you might say like, oh, I haven't been drinking that much. And then you look at where you were tracking it. And it's like, oh, I was actually, I drank a lot more than I remembered. So having a really concrete way to just track basic things, I think is really helpful on mental health level, on a physical health level. And just like when you go to the doctor and they're like asking you how long you've been dealing with this thing, it's nice to be able to say, oh, I know exactly how long it's been. Yes, I definitely use a similar, actually, you know how in the Hobonichi, there's that like annual planning part that has the grid and then Mm -hmm. the days that helped me very much to figure out that I was like, having the world's worst PMS that was lasting weeks. <laughs> but I wouldn't mm-hmm. have figured it out if I hadn't figured out like, oh, it's totally. like two weeks every month. Wait a second. Like, <laughs> it should be obvious, but my planner yeah. had to tell me. So I'm very excited that you're using Hobonichi products right now. But because that paper is very different and it tends to be finicky mm-hmm. about what kinds of pens that it likes and other things mm-hmm. that you use. So I am very interested to hear some of your favorite 
planning toys and accessories these days and what you use to write on that paper. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have gotten this notebook if I couldn't use my beloved pen. Like I've been on this pen for a while now and will not go back for a long time. So it's the Pilot Juice 0.38, which is really skinny, but it doesn't like drag or scratch any paper that I've used. I buy these like in bulk. So I always have backup because I like just love this pen so much. I've been using it for probably what five years now. Like this is my go-to pen. So it works great with this notebook. And thank goodness, because otherwise I wouldn't be using it. That is amazing. Actually, that is one of like the few that I feel like I haven't tried. And it's a gel pen. I'm guessing you are right-handed. Mm-hmm. So it's smudging thing or is it just no, not, not really an issue? It's not. Okay, well, that's amazing. I will have to give that one a try. I basically like gave up on gel pens entirely, but I am left-handed. So I have that extra drag that does not um, do me any favors. And I really, really hate smudging. So (laughs) (laughs) that combination has made me very picky. What about like highlighters or tape? Any other kind of go-to accessories that you love? Yeah, I love the um, the Zebra Mild Liners. I think they're so beautiful and just straightforward and elegant. They work great. So I love those. I love the gray one. And then there's like this blue, like a medium blue color that I just love so much. And then the Tombow brush pens are another one that I use a lot in lighter colors. You can't highlight with them because they'll smear if you like put them over ink, but you can like put that down first and then write over it or use it to like sort of underline as long as you're not dragging it through the ink. And the colors are just like a really, it's hard to find sort of good pastel pens or markers or highlighters. And there's just some really lovely ones. So I've got a bunch of those that I use, but I don't use them as much in the Techo. It's just, it's not the vibe for me, but those are the ones I recommend to people. Awesome. Well, and colors tend to appear a little bit more muted on that Tomo River paper in the Hobonichi. Mm-hmm. So it can be hard to figure, but the mild liners work everywhere. And yes, they they're great. great. So I nice. use them in books. Like they're yes. just, they're so good. Yes. Awesome. Well, I think that's mostly everything I wanted to ask you. Can you tell us any more planning related project? I mean, maybe since you've turned away from it a little bit this year that maybe there's not, but any other dot journaling work to come? Are you going to still continue to create in that sphere and share that? That's a good question. Um, I actually had this thought this morning that I was like, oh, maybe I should do a like a couple of years ago, I got sent a ton of planners because I was working at BuzzFeed and so companies would send them to me. And I did like an Instagram story where I just like went through and sort of reviewed them. And I was like, that was really fun. I should maybe like do that again, even just for like the Techo, just because like people are buying planners right now and I could like show everyone what the features are like. Right now I'm trying to decide if I want to get another one, which I up until maybe two weeks ago, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get another one. This is great. And now I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'll go back to the Lois term. I haven't decided yet. So I don't know. I, I welcome feedback because I, I can't make a decision right now. Wow. So I need to learn how to pronounce that. That's what I don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> say that again for our listeners because I definitely say it wrong. It's Loish term, which is a mouthful. Yeah. My Japanese is much better than my German, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on, Rachel. Yeah, thank you for I'm having me. For everybody to hear that you're now using a Hobonichi. That was a surprise. <laughs> but I'm going to link to some of your... Uh, you'll have to send me like the best of some of your dot journaling posts. Yeah, I'm happy to. Her book is available on wherever books are sold. Wherever books are sold. Title one, title one more time is... The journaling book is Dot Journaling, A Practical Guide. And then my most recent book, which is not about journaling, but you might like it also, is called The Art of Showing Up, How to Be There for Yourself and Your People. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is great. Well, it was so much fun to chat with Rachel. I was so excited to have her on the show and she definitely met all expectations. I am feeling motivated to do some more creative layouts in my Wonderland 222 blank notebook now. She is awesome, and I might have to buy her book for some extra ideas as well. We are headed towards the end of the year, and if you're like me, you are starting to think about the lists and goal setting that you want to do for 2021. 
So we will be dedicating the next couple of episodes to some of the year-end rituals that I like to go through. And I also thought it might be fun to just share some of the specific goals that I am looking forward to in the new year, because I know I always get motivated by hearing what other people are putting on their goals list. So stay tuned for some of that end of year content. And I do have one more planner review that I'm going to squeak in before the new year as well. So you can look forward to many fun things to come on Best Laid Plans. Continue to spread the word, tell your friends, leave a review. That is the best gift you can give me this holiday season. I appreciate each and every one of you who listen and download. Thank you. As always, you can find show notes at theshoebox.com slash best hyphen laid hyphen plans, or just go to theshoebox.com and click on the best laid plans link. I will just put a little reminder that if you do sign up for my newsletter, you get a free PDF talking about how I like to set up for my accessory notebook. And for those of you that are thinking about different lists and categories that you might want to keep in the new year, this might be a helpful tool for you. There's no cost. It's entirely free. And you can always unsubscribe if you don't want to stay on that monthly newsletter. But just wanted to mention that. All right. Have a great rest of your week. And you can always let Rachel know how awesome she was in my Instagram. I'll make sure she sees your comments if you have any questions for her. Thank you so much. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.